Ron Doversy is on our panel today. Ron, good morning to you, mate. What a brilliant day to start this two-day carnival of the uh, the championships. Uh, it delivered everything, didn't it? It certainly did. And it started on Friday morning when we thought we were a long odds to even get away with the meeting. Uh, when it was raining heavily Friday morning and... I'm tipping they may have been plenty of phone calls and whatever saying we might be in trouble. This this radar looks terrible. And then all of a sudden that big gale force wind moved in and just pushed it out off the coast. And uh, we were very, very lucky. And and we're lucky we were because we got a fantastic day's racing with... On a day we thought, well, this this track might just throw up some funny results. And then you look at the results and what happened on the day... Um, you know, with those four big group winners and, and, and winners and the stories around them and the stories to come, um, it was an amazing day's racing. Certainly was. Dean Lester in our Melbourne studio. Dean, you were watching from afar, but I'm sure uh, seeing uh, some of those Victorians get uh, the chocolates and some of those features must have made you proud. Yeah, certainly, Dave. Uh, good morning to you. It was uh, it was just a, I thought just about a perfect day of racing. Really, uh, watching it, uh, the you know the punters got uh, good results with favourites winning you know, three of the four sort of features and uh, a great story with Mr. Brightside uh, winning the Doncaster. Just good competitive racing all day. And uh, as Duff said, just the fact that they did race was the the first winner. And uh, and really, it uh, once once uh, the racing started the. Uh, the rain didn't have a lot of impact on on how the races were run. Uh, in essence, I thought that the track played really well. Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, good morning to you. Um, I know you, we often talk about the the, the the tracks on the putters paddle, and on I see you discussing it on form line. But we give Mike Wooden that um, team out there at Randwick plenty of wraps. But just the way this uh, this track is recovering from these heavy bouts of rain, especially this autumn, has been extraordinary. Yes, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Dina. Good morning to the listeners. Well, is she back to her glory days, the Randwick track? Why are we doubting it? What we have seen over the last month, why could we possibly doubt the capabilities of Randwick to bounce back after heavy rain now? Yeah, probably we've just been put into a false sense of security because of uh, (laughs) history. You know, when there's a month, make a a whole summer. Uh, I'd say... Uh, we can treat it as a great track now because everyone that walks it and has a look at it says it's, it's the grass is like Flemington. Uh, so, yeah, look, it might face its stiffest test this week looking at the uh, what they're saying. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've never seen anything like it, what they're saying. is going to oh. happen from Thursday on. But they, they don't get it right all the time. No, it's uh, and that rain forecast ahead. It's it's interesting because um, looking at it, Duff. Uh, if they sort of think that there's a big rain band coming, they'll put rain down. But they're putting the showers down. I note. Interesting. Now I'm no meteorologist, but I just I, I they've been putting I've noticed showers the last couple of times. So whether the it must be just these squalls coming off the coast, and they're just unpredictable of how intense they'll be. Yeah, well, they, they, you know, that's that's what they do. You know, and like I said, the bomb changes every week. But uh, you know, they they're saying Wednesday fifteen to uh, twenty five, and then they're saying Thursday thirty to fifty ninety five percent. This is all ninety five percent, mind you. And then they're mm. saying Friday eight to thirty, and then you know eight two to eight on Saturday. So, uh, Jeez, that, got, they've got a fair band eight to thirty. Yeah, that's throw, that's, enough, that's throw enough lead in the air. You've got to hit something eventually, haven't you? Exactly. But Wednesday and Thursday look pretty nasty.
Let's discuss, uh, and if you've got a question for our team, uh, 13.53.53 is the open line number. I want to start with the Doncaster. Uh, Mr Brightside, Craig Williams, Ben and JD Hayes, and I saw an, an article that Trent Nackers wrote from the News Limited team, David Hayes declaring that this is bigger than anything, these uh, these two boys winning this race. Uh, uh, what about the scene stuff after? Um, with the Killers song, the, the, the whole ownership group, we're, we're tipping it up, and uh, it was great to see. It certainly was, and uh, a real moment, I must say. You know, like they, you know, their father went to Hong Kong. He sent them up, and Tom um, went on his own way. And you know, they 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 lost uh, a couple of big owners. Um, and uh, they, really, you'd have to say their stable was pretty well decimated. But these boys have fought hard, and they they they've won one of the biggest races on the calendar, a race that their grandfather and and father couldn't win. And their name's in the history, history books forever. And they've done a great job getting him there with no weight on his back as well. So it was, it was, obviously there were some big stories on the day, uh, but that was, one, that was right up there uh, with it. So, you know, the, I, I think it was a, a terrific performance by the horse as well. I think, you know, I'm thunderstruck, shouldered him round the bend, and, and I thought, hello, uh, you're gone, um, uh, Mr Brightside. I th- I'm, thought I'm thunderstruck's absolutely going to, you know, bolt this race in but he, he showed real courage that horse and he, he did a terrific job um, just looking a little bit lost in the run What'd you make of it Dino? Yeah it was a great race and I mean the first three were basically in that uh, cluster on Thunderstruck and Mr Brightside to their outside Ice Bath, Freddie Kersley gave uh, her a lovely ride just behind them and they were the, the three, they were obviously in the sweet spot in running, the, the right speed uh, be able to run a strong mile and maybe just that little bit of sharpness in their legs that they hadn't been running on the really heavy ground of late, uh, on Thunderstruck was very good because when they ran in the All-Star Mile they met at level weights at Wait for Age and all of a sudden he had to give uh, Mr Brightside five and a half kilos and he's not necessarily that much more experienced than Mr Brightside uh, Mr Brightside put that string of wins together and then nearly won the Cantala so the weight certainly I think had a massive impact late in the race uh, Ice Bath ran a usual race but uh, for Ben and JD I, I don't really know Ben but I certainly know JD quite well and uh, it was uh, great talking to him yesterday and just the, the excitement and the thrill that, uh, that, that, that it's given them and, and the, the impetus that it gives the stable especially the time around the sales and the going forward and and the confidence that they'll have to target horses for races. I think what we're seeing with Lindsay Park is a different model rather than just bulk numbers and just throwing horses at races. They, you know, I spoke with JD um, mid-September about this horse winning the Doncaster when he was a 78 Raider and how he was going to get there and uh, he he outlined what they were going to do and uh, they've done every race to the letter. Does it make you boys feel a little bit old seeing, uh, you know, Ben and JD, their names in the book? I think I actually saw a photo, Duff. I'll have to go back and check my Twitter thing, but uh, you might have been doing some stuff for Channel 9 interviewing David, and I think that one of the young fellas was with David in this interview. Um, And now there you are on Saturday talking about (laughs) these boys training a horse in a Doncaster. Incredible. You know, I've known... The Hayes family, even when David first went to Hong Kong the first time, was supposed to go over there. My brother used to live there, and and the, the you know you had obviously uh, the, the the twins from JD and Will, and and Sophie's mm. the second oldest, and then and, and Ben's the oldest, and, and they were little babies. I remember holidaying in Asia somewhere, and the, these little six-year-old kids, and I 
we had a swimming race and it was the funniest thing you've ever seen. I've always said I, was, I taught these twins how to swim, but they thrashed me in this swimming race. They were five or six year old, <laughs> and they never let me forget it. Believe me. <laughs> now, now, Munster, did they find this horse at all? There was plenty of cheering uh, where I was for. I think there was a couple of owners. Uh, around or people that knew the owners and they were just going right off their tree. What he SP twenty this horse? Did they did they find him at all with the tab? No, well he was as short as fifteen in the morning, Dave, and got out. Okay. Uh, but he didn't get out alarmingly to start twenty dollars in the race. The the market in the the Doncaster was fairly static, really, away from Forbidden Love, who was. You know, it was a very, very good go for a Doncaster, which wasn't surprising when you consider you'd think all the, the big computers and the ratings and everything, you know, coming off two group one weight for age wins, dropping seven kilos uh, going into that. A lot of people said, you know, this is a weighted certainty in the Doncaster, uh, but weights only help you a certain degree. You've still got to get the 1600 metres at Ramwick, and that's what she just failed to do. Uh, forbidden love, just that last little bit. But uh, she was a horror result. But um, I'm Thunderstruck was even worse. Uh, so uh, I must admit, to, I'm sure the boys were quite happy. Uh, they'd be uh, twitching in the seat when they saw I'm Thunderstruck striding away from uh, Mr. Brightside. And then Mr. Brightside came back to uh, get him in the finish. And Ice Bath probably would have been, you know, just as good a result as Mr. Brightside. So they had they had two chances coming at the leader. Uh, what do we make, Dino? Uh, and I'll get a comment from you here too, Duff. Uh, obviously, that's your trifecta from the All-Star Miles. So do we Do we look at that and go, well, that dry track, uh, that run there in Melbourne, that fitness has then assisted coming up here to Sydney? Uh, um, look, it, it may have, uh, you know, maybe more than just a coincidence and they've uh, had a good hit out on, you know, a nice track at a mile at Wait for Age and uh, timing was right, two weeks between races. So, uh, you know, I, I suppose, it, you know, you've got to say it had, a, a, you know, some sort of bearing because, uh, uh, you know, well, you know Ice Bath's going to run well in those uh, Randwick miles and she had a tough run in the uh, All-Star Mile but uh, she had the gallop on a, a dry track and Mr Brightside missed the start in the All-Star Mile and then got virtually put into the rail. So, you know, it was quite um, quite feasible they were all going to run well. Yeah, I put it down. Look, no disrespect to the All-Star Mile. I just put it down. It was a barrier trial, and it was a beautiful barrier trial for a hit out for a race like this. Yeah, they didn't go hard. It was an absolute walking race, um, the yep. All-Star, All-Star Mile, and it, and it turned out a, a real benefit. Uh, you know, I'm not saying... Obviously, it's a strong race to run one, two, and three in a Doncaster, but um, it was just run... So they could bounce out of it and ready for another mm. r- real peak performance, and they all did. Take note two. Uh, well, it's in the stewards' report, but Fred Kersley, I think he picked up five thousand a fine for mm. excessive whip use uh, there with Ice Bath. Uh, Fred, of course, riding Ice Bath there on Saturday. Um, now, looking ahead, um, or, or from speaking with Willie Pike uh, late on Saturday, he said put a complete line through Inspirational Girl once she missed the kick or was just tardy away. Um, and she might go to that mare's race next. That's what they're thinking, possibly, with Inspirational Girl. Nothing confirmed uh, just yet. But what about some of the beaten brigade? I know we touched then Duff on Forbidden Love. Um, i tell you what, I thought Banker's Choice and Ellsberg were, were, were quite satisfactory. Yeah, and, and, and so was Dallas. And he's just a beauty. Every time he gets to the big Ramwick mile, he runs well. And he's not a real heavy tracker. So I, I thought he peaked up again on the right day. Considering the way the race unfolded, I thought probably one of the run of the race was Cascadian. Um, he's come from a, an impossible position to charge past half the field there, and he he just had no hope where he was or 
what unfolded and how um, how the pattern was in the race. And uh, I thought he his run was well. We've said it before. He can do that. He can catch the eye. But it was a good run. Uh, what did you make of some of the beaten brigade uh, just quickly in the Doncast before we move on to the Derby, Dino? Yeah, Cascadian was the one. He, I mean, he ran the sixth best last 200 and 400 of the meeting, so he, he can do that, as uh, Duff said. I like uh, the progress that Banker's Choice has made. Uh, he could have gone one way or the other. He was very hot his first run in Melbourne, and I thought he was very much on tow uh, when he ran in the rider, but I thought Saturday paraded a lot better, and he ran well, and uh, he's, he's going to be a player in the feature miles in the spring, I would imagine. All right, uh, and Munns, anything for you to, to black book from a Doncaster, or we covered all bases? Oh, I think we've covered them all, Dave. Yeah, I thought Banker's Choice was very good. Dallas, and he just um, he just gives his all in those Ramwick races, and Chad Schofield said after the race he, he was never, ever comfortable on the really, really heavy track. Uh, Private Eye probably ran his worst career race there, but did pull up lame, uh, so you're entitled to um, you know give him the benefit of the doubt. All right, let's go to this derby before we touch on uh, the TJ because this is just extraordinary, Duff. Um, I know you were talking this morning with the Big Sports Breakfast team about, you know, Kira Maher and David Eustace, but to see this horse, I thought Benno had him cold coming up the rise there. I thought, here's this grey, you beauty, but he just fights back. He is an absolute marvel, Hatotsu. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'll never second-guess Kieran Maher ever again. Um, I know he's a good horse, but he had to be a very good horse to do what he did. Uh, on Saturday, and yeah, I was on Beno. I think half the world was on Beno. And <laughs> I've got a sore neck from the lean on Saturday. I, was, you know, I, I went the early crow twice. The lean, um, it just didn't work. It didn't help at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this horse, second up, mile and a half, heavy nine. Uh, first time in Sydney. With a break between runs, it's just amazing. He's, he's, I don't know how good he is. And now he's going to say, you know, he's going to go straight to a Cox Plate now. Is he going to go to the Cox Plate first up? That's what I want to know. Uh, he is, and um, I don't know where the ceiling is with him. I think we're going to learn more about him in the next 12 months. But that uh, you've got to just give it to him. It was the, the run of the day. Uh, Benno was set up beautifully, had just run into the wrong horse, Allegra, and same thing, he set up nice and peaked on the right day, and they just streeted the rest. Uh, but I just you can't give him enough superlatives. Dino? Yeah, it was a, look, it was a great win, uh, a great training effort. Uh, I think uh, what we haven't got to see this preparation, his two runs have been on rain-affected ground, and uh, he's a better top-of-the-ground horse, yet he's still won a guineas and a derby. What I don't want to pour cold water on it, but both times in the derbies he's beaten Allegron. I'd love to know what James Cummings thinks of Allegron and Animo going forward to a race like the Cox Plate, uh, how they'd uh, line them up, and I would think that Animo's got uh, a quite a significant margin on Allegron. So that's where I'm sitting, and Hatotsu and Animo have met once in the Caulfield Guineas. Hatotsu is far from the rounder product, but... Uh, Animo beat him about three or four lengths that day. So I, is he the best three-year-old? He's certainly the best the mile-and-a-half three-year-old around. I still think Animo's the, the better three-year-old. You've seen some good horses in your time, Glenn. What did you make of Hitotsu? 
Well, it's something that we've said about Kieran Maher and David Eustace. You know, never ever doubt them at uh, their distance. Oh, sorry, their stats at distance races, two thousand metres and above, is just absolutely out of this world. Now, for them to get a horse to to do what he did, like um, Beno probably got a head in front of him. And then he's got Allegron coming out. And when Allegron come out and, and bumped him, it wasn't a savage bump, but uh, it was like a, um, it could have winded him. A, a, a prod to get him going. Mm. He, he sort of said, well, hey, hey you, want to be, you don't want to be doing that, champ. Um, and, and then just found and, and found nearly a neck straight away. Uh, it was unbelievable. On the overhead shot, you really, really pick it up. You don't pick it up anywhere near as good on the lateral shot as you do on the overhead shot uh, to see how far Benno got in front of him. And, um, you know, it's always the way, Dave. You, you can beat the market, but you've got to get the result to go your own way. And, and I'm sure mm. uh, that happened to a lot of people on Saturday. And what about which, which, this jockey? What about this jockey, oh, Johnny yeah. Allen? He's, he's, I think he's ridden 16 Group 1 winners. 11 of them have been derbies. 11 derbies? He hasn't been here that long, has he? He's won, yeah, he's won nine Group 1 derbies, 11 in total. Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. Um, and extraordinary I know we've touched on this before with this cult but to think that he last September won a maiden at Donald straight into a Caulfield Guineas on the back of that straight into a Derby and then you know with the Australian Guineas and Derby it's extraordinary is this do you think going to I know like Duff you were talking about leading with Hitotsu into it you were you know looking well how am I doing form on this horse because everything that I have been taught about form or these races it's not correlating does this throw a spanner in the works and do you think we're going to see more of this in the future where we're going to see horses literally just being plucked from miles up to derbies because of this tracker system they've got and all this you know technology they can now use on these horses yeah look all these horses are all individuals you know i was taught you know my my little theories you know recent runs on wet tracks are gold and all this sort of things but it usually works in your favor you'll You'll beat them over the year if you if you tick to, uh, stick to a few of those theories and put them into your form. But there are exceptions, and this horse might just thrive with with spacing between runs. Is there enough evidence about that? No, because he hasn't had enough runs, and they haven't backed him up enough times. But it's working for him at this stage, and and you've got to respect uh, uh, what they do. So. Um, he, he's just a mystery horse because he is so lightly raced, and what he's done in such a short time and I get what Dino's saying you know you, you, if we want to measure him up to Animo no he hasn't hit that he, he hasn't hit that 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 you know that peak but uh, there's still that mystery about him if he's going to get better or plateau out Let's take a break. Uh, it's a 9.28 on Punters Postmortem. If you want to give the uh, panel a call, you can right now. 13.53.53. When we do come back, we are going to get a comment on the boys about the English size and the dominant of Fireburn. What a spectacle. It's in the history books. Morris is me dad and then Chapel Lane, but Harmony Rose away by two to five kingdom. Then Morris is me dad, but Harmony Rose, she's a class bear. She takes out the cup. Harmony Rose by two to five kingdom. Mitchell Street leads up to the bend. Good odds cash now pressuring it. Crosses, takes the lead. Good odds cash went for home at the top of the straight. She's savage, our mechanic battle away as does Zipping Lopez. But good odds cash wins the cup. And going for home, Tardelli. Sweetheart bats up on the inside with naturally there's no Vatraka for the moment, but this could be a famous double coming up for Rick Alton. He's got the double all right. Tardelli too good. Own the moment. Sky Sports Radio. It's my- 
St Mark's Basilica, Dewhurst Stakes winning European champion two-year-old just like Frankel. World champion three-year-old. St Mark's Basilica going clear now by three winding lengths. Mishrif and Adabe have been simply turned away. Winner of five consecutive Group 1 races at two and three years. An impeccably bred son of champion sire Siuni. New for 2022 at Coolmore Australia. Coolmore.com Introducing the Drive Car of the Year, the all-new Kia Sportage. Awarded for its new turbo engine that gives you progressive performance. The Kia Sportage has a boldly sculpted sportsback design and soft-touch leather interior, making it a natural leader. Kia Sportage, the Drive Car of the Year. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. In the heart of Sydney is the ultimate day where Royal Randwick knows how to play. So come one and all, let down your hair. A winner can come from anywhere. Schweppes All-Age Stakes Day featuring Group 1 Racing, the new wing stand and a live performance from Hot Dub Time Machine. This is where stories are made. April 16 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, welcome back to uh, Punters Postmortem. And we've got a couple of callers on the line. Make sure you get to in the queue, 13.53.53. Just before we get to those callers, let's touch on the English size because uh, it was a great race. Um, Brendan Avdala, yes, he picked up, what, I think 4,000, 5,000, the fines here. Yeah, 4,000 for the celebratory gesture. They uh, they hit Brenton with, and he also picked up 500 for removing his helmet while helmet whilst mounted. So he um, he was in a f- bit of froth and bubble there, but gee, she was impressive, Duff. Um, and breaks that little hoodoo where slipper winners have found it hard in size to win. Yeah, they have, and uh, she yeah she was terrific, unbelievable. The, the, the Brenton has so much confidence in her, and that showed on Saturday and. She just loves to chase them down. We've said it all along. You know, she's obviously a very good wet tracker as well. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But uh, she's um, the Phillies reign supreme again there. Um, she's extreme dashed and and she run it down. And then obviously there's a gap to the rest. You know, let's roll the dice. Is a nice horse. Um, he might improve to the mile if he gets a drier track. And he really can't say much about the others who probably may have. Well, a few of them may have just come to the end of their you know, two-year-old uh, preparation, uh, but she can train on. I don't know what uh, what we got left to take her on, to tell you the truth. Uh, but she was, I mean, in saying that, I think she'll still be hoping uh, for a wet to soft track come uh, Champagne Stakes Day. But she is uh, uh, just continued to uh, improve under the radar, but she's not under the radar now. She's an odds-on favourite for the uh, Champagne mm. Stakes. Dean, what do you make of uh, the uh, the celebration from uh, from Brenton? Because Duff's sort of right what he says when he spoke this morning with the Big Sports Breakfast. That's going to be the vision that we see for many, many uh, moons to come on Seven, on Sky, etc. So you wouldn't have found him, Duff? Or... Oh, no, 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 no. He, he, that's the rules. He's, he's yeah, gotta, exactly. He, he's got to no. be fined, but he's yep. got to pay the price. But, I mean, yep. I'm just saying... Then we're going to use it on the flip side. Yeah, yeah that's right. We're, we're, we rouse on these people. We, we try and uh, 
uphold the law and then, okay, we'll get, oh, let's use that. That's a great advertisement for our sport. Mm. Um, I love it. I, I love it on the line and after the line. I've, I've you know, loved seeing the flamboyancy of the sportsman, but, uh, gee, you know, like he'd put his weight to the left side. I mean, she wasn't going to balk or anything, but had she and something had happened, it would have been, you know, I, I don't want to be a wet blanket on that sort of sort of thing, but uh, I love celebration as soon as they hit the line. I don't like, you know, in AFL when a player shows the, the ball to another player and then kicks the goal, or, you know, mm, just kick yeah. the goal and then celebrate. You know, I, I'm not up for that, but, uh, yeah, it, um, after the line, there's plenty of, plenty of territory to celebrate and do what you like. Uh, what about uh, the performance of her? Uh, can anything beat her going ahead? Um, or has she just got the medal as the, the best two-year-old up here, mate? Well, she, well, she is was, the best two-year-old up here. Looks she like is. Uh, th- these were elite figures that she produced on Saturday uh, uh, late in the race. Uh, these, you know, They were very tired two-year-olds at the back, but what she did was she, the last 600, seventh best 600 of the meeting, fourth best 400, and the third best 200 of the whole meeting. Uh, she was amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, because she's extreme. When she set up that break, I thought I'll take a good effort to run her down, and not only run her down, she you know put her away. They beat the rest out of sight. She went very well. She's extreme. Let's roll the dice as a VRC size print winner. Dormy is a blue diamond winner. Count the headlights as a horse. I've got a lot of time for. There were many many links in her wake. This was this was a supreme performance, and, and probably showed how much. That interference did play in the Golden Slipper. How much she did have... We, we gathered she had a fair bit up her sleeve, but we got to see it on Saturday. And Munns, uh, I know, talking about the cheer, this, looking at the crowd, it seemed like every man and their dog was on fireburn. Yes, they probably were, Dave. And, and the fact that she was the Golden Slipper winner, and, and, and that interesting stat about Golden Slipper winners, only two horses have won another race. Two Golden Slipper winners have won another race since Piero won in 2012. Both of those horses have been trained by Gary Portelli in She Will Reign and yep. uh, Saturday's winner. So it's not a bad record for Gary Portelli either uh, to, to have that there. I just hope anyone that did listen on Friday morning, Dave, took my advice and waited, didn't didn't take the dollar ninety, but waited till Saturday and got $2.70, $2.80 about it. Um, I think they, they could have had a I decent think... book. They could have had eight dollars fifty. She's extreme and two dollars seventy, two dollars eighty, and uh, Fireburn, and you could have had a nice book and not have to, and not have a worry in the world. But she was just far too strong, and uh, it showed there early in the day. Uh, well, Huey produced a, a perler on Honey Creeper by cutting the corner and staying closer to the inside. Uh, then Nick Haywood did the same on another one, and, and Brenton did exactly the same, basically, as what he did on the slipper on Fireburn. And exactly. as the, then the day wore on, they got wider and wider, and you know, one two in the derby were the two widest runners. Well, we're talking uh, about two year old filly, so uh, how, how do yeah. we line her up with Amelia's uh, jewel? Do you, know, you, you get actual figures for, for Perth? Have you looked at her yep. time set up? Yeah, uh, she's outstanding. I mean, the problem is she's running on top of the ground and one's running yeah. on wet ground, but. Uh, She's the highest-rating Karakata winner in a long, long time, and uh, what she did uh, Saturday uh, was another. You know, her performance the start before was uh, something extraordinary, and on Saturday with the big field in front of her and having to draw the outside gate and go right round them, um, Paddy Carberry's faith in her, uh, I think, summed it up. And just uh, you know, talking, you know, just pure figures. Her last. Three splits. She ran. Uh, where'd she run? Eleven fifty six, eleven fifty six, and then home eleven twenty nine. 
and he barely touched her. So uh, yeah, she's yeah, she's just very 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 good uh, by Siuni. Um, she's got a beautiful relaxed nature to her too. So after the race, she just wandered back to scale, and she's not revy by any means. So I think the owner Peter Walsh is very keen for her to just stay in Perth and probably go down a bit of an Arcadia Queen preparation as a three-year-old and champion fillies, uh, guineas and, and uh, the Kingston town. But uh, I hope we get to see her over here sooner than later. All right, let's get to our first caller. I think we've got Mark on the line. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my personal memories of Randwick go back to uh, Tobin Bronze. About a year ago, I was invited to walk the track and I was amazed the improvements that have been done there just in the last couple of years. But that aside... The times on Saturday for the mile were seven seconds outside the record and for the 2,600-metre race, that was 11 seconds outside of the record. And further to that, I went there to chase Nerve Not Verve and Baker's Choice on account of the staggering improvement that seemed to be happening for the Moroni, uh, Moroni stable. You can say that again. Um, they, they, he's a great traveller of horses, Mike, and he brings the right horses at big odds that invariably run well. I, 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 I was astounded. If there was an upset on the day, I, I would have thought yeah. it was Nerve Not Verve because that she come out of it and not a strong race. Um, uh, not a strong start. career. Yeah, right, OK. I didn't know about a career, but I, I saw her run second the other day and I thought, oh, she's won the lottery picking up some black type there um, because it was a very, very weak opponent, I think it was. Yeah. And she comes out here going to 2,600 and looks like a Sydney Cup winner. I, I, I couldn't work that one out. Yeah, the, the one thing they've worked out with her is that you've got to ride her, like, nearly at her top the whole way. Like, just grind it out. She just, a couple of times they've box-seated her and, you know, she's come out and gone nowhere. But on Saturday, she they ride her tough now, and she seems to really relish that. If that's probably the biggest change they've made. Thanks for your call, Mark. We've got Kevin on the line now. Morning, Kevin. Good morning. What's uh, your question? I've got a question for, for Dean Lester. Actually, for Dean Lester's his namesake. I'm a huge fan of Dean Yendall. I think he's one of the most underrated jockeys in Australia. But he had that terrible fall. I've heard various stories, but he's got a broken back or a broken neck. But I haven't heard anything at all about what's happened with Dean, whether he's recovering or what his future is or anything. <clears throat> I'm hoping that Dean Lester can help me out. Yeah, he is recovering. It's uh, just I think it's now just a, a, a time situation. Uh, he wore one of the uh, those halos around his neck because he, he had a fracture in, up high in the neck and... Uh, then he uh, he was seen at the races uh, maybe four or five weeks ago because his wife, obviously, Christine Pools, is still riding and he was at Warrnambool at a meeting there a few weeks ago and uh, it's just now a matter of uh, of him uh, healing and it's just a time factor. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, he's back sooner than later either because he's, he's, uh, he's just such a regular winner, uh, Dean, and, and a fantastic jockey. Thanks very, thanks very much, Dean. I was... I was really worried because I thought I hadn't heard anything, and uh, and uh, you know when you when you don't hear anything, you start to think the worst. But that's great news. Anyhow, he's he's on the way back, and uh, can't wait to see him back in the saddle again because I think he's a fabulous jockey. Thanks very Beautiful. much for your time. Thanks for your call, mate. Appreciate it. We've got Ray on the line now. Ray wants to talk about the Ma Eustace stable. Good morning, Ray. <coughs> yes, I agree with uh, Duff. I think that uh, Ma and Eustace are an incredible training team. 
I've been following them for quite some time, particularly when they bring a horse into Sydney. But to win that derby on that preparation on a wet track, oh, that's one of the best training performances I've ever seen. One other thing I'd like to bring up with Munsey on uh, Friday morning, you came out and said Lighthouse was a definite scratching in the uh, in the big race in the Doncaster. And oh, then no. corrected myself by he the time I'd read through the email properly. He did. He well, did. I didn't hear that. I'm, I apologise then about that. One, but <sighs> anyway, it was good racing on Saturday. <laughs> Were you preparing for deductions, Glenn? Yes, I was. Uh, we were working it out at that stage. Lighthouse was around about an $18 chance, which would have necessitated an approximate four-cent deduction there. What about uh, for the but, place? But then we would have had to uh, realise that um, at that stage uh, we didn't have any scratching, so uh, Banker's Choice would have come into the race then as the emergency, and it would have replaced uh, Lighthouse as a shorter price, so therefore there would have been no deduction taken for Lighthouse because it was replaced by a horse that was shorter in the market than it. What about the substance? Yeah, let's get to the TJ Smith. Uh, what a horse this has been. I mean, look, we talk about great horses uh, that James McDonald has ridden, but he's got a he's got a lot of um, affection for Nature Strip, and so he should. He's won him a lot of money. But, geez, uh, they're poetry in motion when things go to plan, aren't they, Duff? And he just lets him stride, and he, he does the rest on grand final days, doesn't he? He certainly does. Yeah, how can you knock him? You know, we all try and line sprinters up with black caviar, but that's stupid. Um, because there'll be another, never be another black caviar, but he, we're very slow learners with patterns, aren't we? You know, so you look at his pattern; he, he, he's terrific first up. He's well, he's, he's just no good second up. It's just I don't know what why, but that it just brings him to a peak third up, and that's what the the stats will tell you if you look at his first up, and then you look at his second up record, and then you pull out his third up record. It's just an amazing stat, and Chris just knows him so well. He loves the outside draw. He eats it, um, and and McDonald just paced him. He he, he read the play um, on paper. You would have thought, oh, okay, he's going to sit at Eduardo's girth again. But McDonald just got a clock in his head, and he said, no, the, the, when, I'm not going to sit. Paul might be outside you pulling me head off. And he just got him into his rhythm. And once he gets in that rhythm and he explodes on the point of the turn, there's no stopping him. And, um, you know, Chris was a little bit worried about the very heavy track. Well, that's, you can forget about that. Um, he just, yeah, he's just a, a ripper horse and a, and a real cult hero. Has, he have is. they got, has Nature Strip got Eduardo completely poleaxed at 1,200 metres? Yep. They ride... Eduardo completely differently in a thousand and eleven hundred. I know that the, the stats are now four nil to Nature Strip at twelve hundred, but Eduardo every time he gets to twelve hundred is ridden completely differently to what he's ridden in a thousand and eleven hundred. Not every time. A couple of times there has been a, an occasional two that they've gone head to head. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good tactic on Saturday to sit, try and sit in his slipstream and try and you know do something different. But uh, yeah, I just think he's yeah. The, He's a great 1,100 metre sprinter, Eduardo, but uh, the, the 1,200 against a horse like Nature Strip and others, uh, you know, like he only just got home when he won the, was it the BTC Cup or whatever he won in Brisbane. Uh, he's, you know, that, that's, his, that's his end distance. I'm glad to hear you say that because Nash was very critical of himself and, you know, he, he overthinks things sometimes, Nash, and 
he was thinking what he could have done. I agree. I thought it was a beautiful ride. Yeah. He, he just sat in that. You'll see the helicopter shop there. Where he just slipstreamed him and waiting for him. Have you got any weakness here late? Have you got any weakness here late? I'm going to pounce. I'm, I made a, not a strong 1,200-metre race. And I thought he... He could not have finished in a better position, no matter what happened. Uh, I, I, I got no issue with that ride on Nash by Nash. Just before we get to our next caller, Mars Crusader um, will be spelled now. Mister uh, Jay Hawks advised the stewards that straight after the race. Um, Nothing from the post-race veterinary examination revealed anything. Um, oh, sorry, revealed the gilding to be slow to recover. Pardon me. Uh, and uh, Pike said, just look, jumped better than expected, up strongly in the run, but could offer no explanation for the gilding not being able to finish off the race today. Uh, Zutori obviously was a little bit unlucky there between the hundred and the fifty, and Shelby sixty-six. Um, when placed under pressure in the straight, a post-race veterinary examination revealed to be uh, three to five in the off-four-leg lane. So uh, Danny Williams will be uh, advised that um, please him to gallop last Saturday, and he was of the view the gilding would perform well today, uh, but obviously now required to uh, to race barrier trial again. Veterinary, uh, we'll need that veterinary clearance before we see him at the track again. Yeah, fair enough. He obviously wasn't right there on Saturday, wanted to hang in, and he's a, obviously he's a very hard horse to manage, uh, Shelby 66, and that's why just that racing spell had taken its toll on him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. He, the two weeks between jarred, runs. He may have jarred up on that track as well. <laughs> yeah, it was a nine. <laughs> now, we do have another caller on the line, I think, uh, Grant, and our next caller is Dean. Good morning, Dean. Good night, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. What's your question? Uh, about the derby, mate, uh, um, I'm amazed by that horse. Uh, second up into a derby, 2,500 metres off a 1,600 metre run, on an untried and a wet track. I don't know if Kieran Maher and David Eustace are getting the credit they deserve. Um, just thinking back to the days when your pattern trainers like Bart and Colin Hayes, Tommy Smith, like they'd have the miles and the legs and that sort of thing. I know even the great Chris Waller these days, like they, they're pattern trainers, but I think it's an amazing performance by You've got to have the horse, obviously, but I think they must be it's, very, very good at training stays. Oh, well, that's very, true. very good. I mean, they, they had a horse go from the Magic Millions to run a place in the slipper first up in Cool and Gatter. Uh, this horse, they'll probably win the Grand Annual in a month's time at Warrnambool, so anything from 1,000 to 5,500 metres uh, <laughs> is in their wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, yeah, but look, it's it's just the way we think it's amazing because it's not the Australian way. Mm. Uh, they've got a bit of European influence yeah. about them and, and they and do technology. it all the time. Yeah. They've, they've, yeah. they've gone really ramped up on a data system and, and uh, I just heard... Kiramar on Melbourne Radio this morning explained that Hitotsu, a month before the uh, Australian Guineas, was running faster, was heavier and was pulling up better than before the Victoria Derby. So they knew they had him right for a Derby distance even before the Australian Guineas. So it was then just a matter of fine-tuning him. Incredible. It's funny you say that, Dino. And sorry, to, sorry, um, Dean, on the line. Right. But that, that's what David Eustace has said to me multiple times when we've interviewed him on the program. It's not so much the the, the times this horse is galloping in, in gallops at home. It's his recovery. recovery. His recovery, yep. and I mean, he was just saying that this horse recovers quicker than any horse in the stable after yeah. a uh, you know a training morning etc it's just extraordinary yeah well I've, I've had you know i've managed quite a few horses and had a couple of horses of my own at kieran's and never once have i had an update 
a time mentioned, but they always tell you about recovery and they always tell you about a horse's action and length of stride. That's that they're big on that. So that's obviously uh, yeah you know, that the, they, they're the things they concentrate on and uh, and it, you know it, uh, it's paying massive dividends. Just remind me about what's the background of David Eustace? Obviously, he's a very important cog here and. And you just listen to the bloke, and he knows every horse and every, you know, he. Mm. You can't catch him out. Put it that way. He's he's pretty switched on with every horse in the stable if you interview him. Yeah, you know? I, I think he's the drummer. He keeps the rhythm of the stable, if you like. And uh, Kieran's the the lead singer. Um, yes. But uh, that's very he, good, Dino. That's very yeah. good. That's a very good description. <laughs> and and uh, he yeah he keeps it going, Dave. And and you'll get an update on a Monday, and it'll be from Ballarat. You'll get an update on Tuesday, and it'll be at Fingal. Now, Fingal's three hours from Ballarat. Then you'll get an update at Cranbourne through the week on a horse, and he'll be there talking you through it. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, so he came out. Uh, he, obviously, his father was a very successful trainer, and his brother's now just taken over that yard in England. And they were even talking this morning on Melbourne Radio about is there a chance one day they'll have an international stable within that yard, and it's not beyond the realms. Uh, that's how big they think, but... Uh, uh, Dave came out here. I think he came out here with a cup runner, um, maybe six or seven years ago. As a trainer, he came out. He, he came no, out. No, with, he came out. He was Roger Roger Varian. Roger Varian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He came out with Roger Varian, and yep. um, and that was around. Oh, it won the McKinnon, I think, because yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he wrote yeah. it. Dana, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, yellow, black colours. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. So that was about 2015, and they took him to Hong Kong afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, so that's when he came out here, and he he uh, yeah he hooked up pretty quickly with uh, with Kieran, and uh, wasn't long afterwards. Uh, so I'm thinking the time frame. So Kieran was had that uh, disqualification um, in about 2017, uh, and Aaron Purcell was the um, the trainer. But his underlings at that stage were Dave Eustace and Annabelle Neesham. And they were, they were running, they were really, you know, they were the ones doing the hard work with, with Aaron to, to get, keep the stable going in that six month period. And in that six month period, I think Kieran traveled the world and learnt some more training techniques as well. And a few more party techniques probably. But, uh, it, uh, you know, it's certainly, uh, that's how it developed. Uh, and then, uh, he was offered the partnership about, what, two and a half years ago. Amazing. Thanks for your call uh, there on the Eustace team. And now we've got to get to it um, because it's one of the great, before we get to Michael on the line, uh, another one in the country championship stuff. I mean, this is a great race. Uh, I know Nash uh, copped the fine for excessive whip on uh, Commando Hunt. But what I love about this race is you've got Gary Calvin, Cameron Crockett, Clint Lundholm and David McComb all fighting out that finish. And how's it, Kev? who was $151, it runs fifth. Um, great story, great group of connections in all those horses, and what a race. Unbelievable. Um, I thought it was uh, a very competitive race. Uh, this, the whole series was probably won by the right horses. Uh, I think this race uh, bought, oh, well, more press to this day than... Um, a lot of other races, really. It, 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 what they, this race does for this day is mm. very good, very good, because you know we get people coming in from each of these areas to support their horse. Mm. Uh, you see a lot of country people here. They love the day. I say, 
I, I reckon if we want to be disruptive, give, give them a million for this race because they'd be worth every cent of it. It'd be better off going half a million on this race than a few others. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think give them a million and that'll be a bigger story. Was it um, even bigger this year, Duff, with the hardships of the floods and yeah, and, and just even getting yes. the horses there? Like some of the horses, you know, yeah. obviously uh, even training them has been a challenge. So I thought the, the backstories going in were even bigger this year than ever before. Incredible. Well, far too easy. He was flooded yeah. out. They, you know, they yeah. had to move him to Scone. He had to move up the house and, mm. and send him there. And, and, and just the, you can just see the passion yeah. and the desire. You know, this is, this is more than a Melbourne Cup. This is yeah. more than a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. And yeah, a good and a, a metre of water, Dino. You're standing yeah. in a metre of water far too easy for, uh, yeah, for three or four days. Incredible. And, a, wor- yeah. and, a, and a, a worthy winner, too, because he'd been handled beautifully, this horse. To wait from uh, one year to the next. Yeah, well, he, was a, a, he was a raw three year old last year, yep. and he, he turned into a man this year, and they he won the heat in fast time at Wagga, and then he knew, um, he knew that he had to give him. Something else leading into this race, and he wasn't scared to let him win that trial by 10 lengths. And some people, they'd like to cuddle their horses through to this race. You're still going to train them. Mm. And I think some of these horses going in with long breaks into the race, you know, I think they're learning, you know, especially with conditions we had. And I I thought it was a a great ride, great training performance and a nice horse. Well, I, I, t- I put this to you, boys, and I totally agree with you, Duff, about, you know, the, the increasement of prize money. Um, the connections of the fifth horse, How's It Kev, who were the late uh, entry into the race after we unfortunately lost Zoo Station on, uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday, uh, they there were tears that they ran fifth. They picked up, uh, what, 12,250? They were tears from connections. I know David McComb, even though he didn't win the race, um, just the the emotion around you know performing well in this type of race, it's it's incredible, um, and it really does intertwine the Ramwick in the bush, doesn't it? Oh well, why would there be tears? Because I think most people would have marked him, you know, five thousand to one. <laughs> and he wasn't even supposed to be in the race. Though he was going to the paddock, they just held off, held off, and here he is. He's in the final at the last twenty-four hours. And they just say, okay, we'll come in the highway and let him run. And he, he's, 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 he's done them proud. So the, the dream is alive for everyone. So that horse going in on Saturday, he'd won five races. Is that the maximum you can win going in? Is that the, the limit? Yes, is that, it, yeah. it's for class yeah. class five horses. Five horses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, can, you can win. The, the qualifier can be your fifth win. Fifth win, yeah. And then you can also have a start after that and win again if you want to. Oh, you're allowed to have a start again? Yeah. Well, okay. it's like the provincial midway championships. Mm-hmm. Um, Rustic Steel had won five races and he was... Uh, he was in a race at Newcastle, Newcastle last Monday. Yeah. Had he won there, he'd become a Class 6 horse. But Class 6 half. horses just carry an extra kilo and a half. Kilo and a half. Okay. That's in the provincial. Yep. Uh, yep. The country's a little bit different. And with that yep. horse, how's it, Kev? He's only won one race. He's won a maiden at Wellington. He's been beaten in a Class 1 at Dubbo, a 58 at Dubbo. Then he's run fourth in the, the qualifier at Mudgee, which is a Class 5 race. But then he's got beat in a Class 1 at Canamble, and he's come out in the final and run fifth again. So he's just outperformed in in the two stronger races that he's running. Extraordinary. Michael's on the line. Good morning, Michael. Morning, boys. Very good. Uh, we've got a new champion in Australian race, and you might think it's over the top, the new goddess. This um, Amelia's Jewel, right? Um, mm. I've never seen a leg action like hers, absolute perfection. Mm. Um, 
She's like Mackaybe Deba. You know, Mackaybe Deba in those races that pick up and do those legs, they'd be perfect, you know, action, even in wet and dry tracks. And Winks had that. It's the leg action. You look at the leg action. And I reckon she'll win a Cox Plate. And if Mums gives a, a price in the next year or two, I'll back her. And I'll back her big time. You know, she'd be worth a thousand to one, wouldn't she? <laughs> I don't think we'd give you that, but oh, you know. we'll give you a roll. If it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you can use your multiplier, of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'll back my judgment. She's the, I reckon she's the best I've ever seen. That's how good I think she is. Mm. God, I hope you're days, look at her legs. You go through those replays. You look at those legs, and she's got grit. You know, she's got that will. You know, and confidence. You know, there's something about her. You know, that's very, very special. Yep. Thanks for your call, mate. Appreciate uh, you. your time uh, this morning, Michael Miller. Michael, um, just, Bye. just, <laughs> yes, that's right, yeah. Simon's um, brother. <laughs> Fill me, fill me in here, Dino, because I was at Ramwick, but I did look up at the screens and I, I saw young Harry Coffey with tears in his eyes. Was there an emotional win for uh, for Harry uh, oh, on Saturday at Bendigo? It was fantastic. Talk of great stories, and uh, and Bendigo was a really good meeting. Uh, yeah, obviously doesn't compare to the the championships, but a local horse by the name of Colesridge, Arthur Pace, who has always only has. One horse in work does a tremendous job. He treats them like uh, like one of the family, and always has a very handy horse. And uh, his uh, daughter Courtney was quite an accomplished apprentice, and then uh, amateur rider. And Arthur's wife uh, died about four weeks ago, and uh, he no. kept going with Colesridge uh, for this first up run on the home track. And Colesridge is bred by Val Brow, uh, the uh, wife of. Uh, uh, Alan Brown, who's a trainer, at, who was a trainer at Bendigo, and of course, uh, Colin uh, was a son that died uh, very young of leukemia. A very good jockey, rode in a couple of Melbourne Cups, and uh, he died about 15 years ago, age 33. And the horse's name, Coles Ridge, is Cole for Colin Brown, and the Ridge was that Colin's last winner was Pindy Ridge, trained by Arthur Pace. So they combined the two names, and this was the horse that won on the home track on Saturday. Wow. That's sensational. That is great, great, um, great stuff. Um, Two, uh, I looked up and saw storming down the outside, Jerry Tortoni, uh, back to his best. That was a nice ride by Michael D. Yeah, he put him in the race on uh, Saturday. Uh, it's been funny because he just can't quite master that first five or six strides and he keeps drawing in. And he drew out on Saturday and being loaded late, he flew the gates and was actually in front of half the field and it made his task so much easier and uh, he won well. Uh, he's going well. I, I don't know where he heads to next, but uh, you know, Patrick Payne had a very good day Saturday. The Cunning Fox won the uh, St Ledger trial and looks the ideal sort of St Ledger horse and, uh, and winning the feature Golden Mile with uh, Cherry Tortoni. Now, Duff, uh, are you obviously going to... To find out uh, tomorrow, etc. Uh, I can do Ed Kings this morning, but if you had you, would you go towards a Sydney Cup or would you go in the deep end there in the Queen Elizabeth? Uh, all things being equal, I'd go the Sydney Cup, but it's not things aren't equal because of the, the weather the conditions. Weather. Yeah, yeah, so mm. I get I get what he's thinking, Ed. He's he's um, he's in a real squeeze box now, as yep. far as if we're going to get a heavy nine or ten, uh, that might be in the best interest of his mare um, yeah. on a on a soft track I'd say no brainer 
Sydney Cup for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I think the, the, the rumours are that, well, it's in the paper this morning. He's At this stage, he's leading to the Queen Elizabeth. So I'm, I'm not arguing with any decision he's made. He, you know, it's up to him to make it and the owners. And uh, I think it's all weather-related, to tell you the truth. Okay. Right, we'll try and get in contact with Ed today uh, to see which way is leaning, but cards question he's well. It's, it's nice to have actually say to me after the uh, the Newcastle run. He said, "I'd rather be in this position than not knowing where to go uh, with a mare." Um, what about just from Saturday, uh, Duff? You know, well, there's a text, text line saying um, Duff had one that you bred in the Adrian Knox. Is that correct for Chris Lee's? Uh, yeah, one? yeah. It's more recently she stay all day. Um, she it was a good run. Uh, hope she gets a run in the Oaks. I. I think we well we bred her and didn't take her to a sale and just leased her out being a filly. We got the mare um, and Chris has leased it out to all of his staff. So I, uh, it's a good thrill to just see that. She's to be well cared for. It'd be very well. It is very well cared for. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, look. So I'm hoping she runs, gets a run in the Oaks and runs well for him because I thought she ran really well on Saturday. She's very raw and green, but the blinkers switched her on a little bit Saturday. She'll, she's a nice mare, but uh, a nice filly. She, she, she. But just a matter of finding a race long enough for her. And Munns, before we get our horses to follow, I know you've got Larry there open. Just say on a few of these features for Saturday, this all-in market, and these things can change with barrier draws and weather, but what's, what are the punters really loving at the moment in, say, Queen Elizabeth, in the Oaks, etc. some of these big races on Saturday in the uh, all-in market? Well, that Queen Elizabeth market changed yesterday with the news that, um, you know, Jewess looked as though it, it will go to the Queen Elizabeth. I can tell you they're very, very keen on the Percy Sykes on Paris Dior. Uh, for the Snowden yard there. I uh, haven't seen her for a while, but she worked between races at Canterbury the other day. Uh, they're very, very keen on Marzu uh, in the Arrowfield Sprint. Uh, they'd be the two real good uh, moves for Saturday, Dave, in those two okay. races there. Uh, the Queen Elizabeth has just, bec- you know, Jewess goes around in the Queen Elizabeth. It just becomes a deeper race again. Uh, and it becomes a better race again when, um, you know, there's still doubts over uh, Animo that uh, James reported uh, he'd had a temperature uh, over the weekend. He hadn't missed any work, but he's got a temperature. Well, as soon as you hear that, he's going to be soft in the market, and he's now out to third pick. Um, and a week ago, he was favourite. So the market for the Queen Elizabeth is very elegant 350, Zaki 4, Animo 450, Jewess at 5, and Montefiela at 8. Now, I'm Thunderstruck could even back up in the race there. Mr. Brightside could back up. Dalasan could back up. Icebath could back up. All those horses, uh, not that they're going to be hard in the market, but it just uh, adds to the, uh, the quality of the race. Uh, the queen, uh, the queen of the turf, Colette's favourite there at four fifty. Well, does Ice Bath go there? She's a six dollar. Yonce comes to Sydney at seven. Fangirls at nine. Uh, and the Percy Sykes we've spoken about Paris Dior there being three fifty favourite. The Sydney Cup will all revolves around what Jewess does here, who at the moment is a three dollar favourite over Crystal Pegasus at five. You got Luncey's who just improved out of sight back at Randwick on Saturday. Stockman didn't go round Saturday. He's at six with Luncey's Chalkstream and. 
surefire. The two imported gallopers for Chris Waller didn't go around on Saturday. They're nine a pair. And then you've got the other two Chris runners there. No compromise, Shiraz at 11 with the chosen one. So we'll know a whole lot more with these uh, feature races tomorrow morning. Uh, barrier draws for the Queen Elizabeth and the Sydney Cup, 9.30 tomorrow morning. Uh, live from Ramwick, you'll see it on Sky Thoroughbred Central and more than likely hear it here on the Wireless, Dave. Yeah, you will. And my favourites are there. Yeah, my favourites are there on Saturday after the last the hot tub time machine. There, there. Ah, oh, you're becoming a rug. Were you on? (laughs) Oh well, I enjoyed them last year. It's uh, I think they were the pick of the bunch. Oh, they were. Cheryl will come down and have a look at a part of deux with you in the. Uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah, of course. Well, yeah. hang on. If I you can don't, still I... walk after the last. <laughs> yeah, Duff, Duff, you. Um, she is with my wife all day, so that's even. That's what I'm worried you, about. Yeah. You might have gone early, Duff. I think uh, hot tub are after are all aged steaks. I think this oh, week right. it's. You're going to have to wait I another week. Oh. No, I think back. this week it's it's Bjorn again. Now I could be wrong there, but Bjorn again. I'm not trying to get there. Who is it? Yes. Last it's the Ab- 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 Abba Tribute Band. Yeah, yeah. the Abba Tribute Band, Bjorn oh, again. Okay. Now, yeah. I must, I must admit mia. that, that yeah, I sort I of said, oh, who's that. this? But apparently they very, very... Well, Dino, you're worldwide. obviously a rap for them. They're worldwide. Yeah. yeah. I've got Boydo saying they're brilliant, so I'm tipping it'll be going off there in the yeah. uh, theatre of the horse. And, of course, yeah. Shepard was there on Saturday. And I'll tell you what... Was Shepard there? In there after oh, yeah, after last. Shepard were there. I'm not a... favourite. Well, yeah, they were. There was a lot of people, a lot of young people around the members area too on Saturday. That were there. They had a bit of a flutter here and there. They might have had their five, two dollar bets, whatever. But they were there to then see Shepherd, and the party continued. Um, and they ate, and they drank, and they spent money at the races. So it does work for some of that demographic. Um, obviously, we're all Shepherd, there for Dave? the horse. No, I'm not a Shepherd man, but oh, I. Geez, uh, they're good. They're good. You're a bit of a muse, Dino. Oh, very much so. Yeah, right yeah. Into his music. yeah oh. but no, Shepherd. I mean, Shepherd played the AFL Grand Final, and they, yeah. they played the NRL Grand Final last I year. I think or, so. Origin, they or played. State Origin. of Origin. Oh, Origin, yeah. they played at. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as long as they don't utter those words, you never want to hear at a concert, Dave. Here's something What's off that? my new album. Something <laughs> off the new <laughs> album that no one knows. Uh, let's get some horses to follow. Uh, what are we backing, Duff? Uh, look, a hard meeting to follow horses out of being finals day, but uh, gee, I he's a group one winner in the making in the years to come, straight Aaron. Um, he's a gelding, he'll be well handled, he's a, he's a beauty. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about Saturday, but if they do take her to Adelaide, uh, Mamunia can win the Oaks there. She was a, went into that race a run short, and she'll improve. She's got a, uh, she's got a good staying look about her, Mamunia, um, out of the Adrian Knox. All right, Dino, your horses to follow for the weekend? I thought Voldemort was terrific. He measured up on Saturday uh, in the kindergarten and uh, just liked the style of him, I think. And we saw a pretty raw product win at Scone, but I thought that run was terrific on Saturday. And uh, from Bendigo, Vitruvius. Uh, I thought he had a bit of a chance first up. He should have won. Uh, he's... Long as they keep him to about a mile, he didn't run 2,000 metres last preparation. I think anything up to a mile, and I want to be with Vitruvius going through the grades. All right, and what about yourself, Glenn? Oh, well, he's the obvious. He is the absolute A definition of horse to follow, straight Aaron. If, if he's not in your black book or your horse to follow whatever, uh, you'll never put one in there. Uh, but he, he's the, the glaringly obvious one from Saturday. And I'm prepared to forgive one out of the, the country championship final, Zucchina. 
uh, for Stephen Lee. Uh, just ran out of room at about the 150 metre mark there and Tommy was very, very kind to the line. Uh, her previous run behind far too easy was quite good at Grafton. She's got solid form around. She's still only a class three horse and she'll be... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Lee took it back to Brisbane uh, for a race up there. Okay, beautiful. Boys, thanks so much for this morning. Great to talk about the championships day one. On Saturday, as we look ahead, we've got the Longines Queen Elizabeth Stakes, the Schweppes Sydney Cup, the Star Australian Oaks, the Sydney's Queen of the Turf, Arrowfield three-year-old sprint, the Furphy Percy Sykes. We've got the South Pacific Classic and the Fernhill Mile. It's going to be another great day of racing, plus also complemented by racing around the country. I think the WA Derby as well is on. So looking forward to chatting to you next Monday. Have a great week ahead, guys. See you guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave.